0: Alright, welcome to episode 13 of NPC Talk. My name is Chris, and um, I'm going to go by Incronaut from now on because it's, you know, video game talk, and you guys got to know my gamer tag. So, uh, my name is Incronaut, and today is July 28th, 2015. And for today, we have another very special interview with a very special friend, Ben. Hello.
1: Oh. Or I guess you should call me Blank. Ooh. Or blank Muffins. I like Ooh. that.
0: <laughs> we should like, yeah, we should get some gamer tags going on in here.
1: Yeah, you should stop doing real life names and introduce all your games by their by their handles.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right,
1: Blank. Um,
0: so I it's episode thirteen, and most of my guests apparently know, but I gotta ask. Do you know that we're doing our top three interview for today? Oh, oh, what? Top, <laughs> top
1: three? <laughs>
0: yeah, we like to ask our... Oh, you're not a first-time guest. Oh, this is a very special episode.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not a first-time guest, oh. and I have now sort of marathoned the NPC talk show.
2: Oh, all
0: and, right. Um, all right. All right. I like this. All right. Well, before we go into our top three games, um, we'd like to ask uh, tell us a little bit about yourself as a gamer.
1: Uh, where do I begin? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I think, like many of your previous guests and friends, um, I've sort of been uh, pretty, very much into video games since I was really young. Nice, nice. Um, it's hard to say exactly when, but I think I wasn't even in the States yet. And, um, my dad, on a business trip, he brought back, um, a Super Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. And so, along with that, he brought, uh, you know, the Super Mario World. Oh, man. And that, that just completely, you know, blew, uh, me and my brother's minds we were like, "Wow, this is so cool!" And then, my dad would go on these, you know, business trips. And whenever he went to the states, he would bring back a new game. Oh. So for us, whenever he went on a business trip, meant, "Hmm, what new game is he gonna bring?" <laughs> <us?"> <laughs> and you know, we went through like Super Mario World, uh, Mario Kart, uh, Aladdin. Yeah. Man, Aladdin was an awesome game. <laughs> you know, I I thought Aladdin was pretty hard. When was it like, was, you know, you know, like those those series of Disney games, like Lion King. Yeah, man, those <laughs> were freaking hard. Oh man. <laughs> In any case, so it, I I started, so I guess I I started off with the uh, the SNES, and then from there, uh, eventually ended up with the Game Boy. I think my first one was actually a Game Boy Pocket. Mm, I didn't nice. I didn't get one of the original ones because my mom didn't like us having too many video game stuff. Right, right. But, but we'd keep, you know, persuading her to get us things and eventually got a Game Boy with the DuckTales. No. Nice. That was oh, a yeah. game too. And then, you know, that eventually moved to uh more Super Nintendo games and Game Boy games like Pokemon and you know, uh Teenage Mutant Ninja turtle <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, i the, This is taking me back now. The classics, dude. (laughs) The
0: classics. Yeah.
1: And from there, um, you know, I actually moved sort of away from console gaming. I think the last console that I really owned was the uh, N64. Oh, wow. And then after that, I think, like, my brother, he would go and, like, borrow his friend's PlayStation or borrow his friend's... You know, whatever, GameCube or something like that. Mm. But a- after the N64, we never really, I never really did much console gaming except for, um, at my friends' houses or something like that. Mm. So it was, it ended up being more PC games from there. And then that's where I kind of got into, uh, StarCraft and, uh, oh, yeah. Max Payne. I actually, even before then, there was a lot of other games. Uh, I started with Command and Conquer, actually. Yeah, Command and Conquer. Uh, that was one like, of the earlier, rts games i think yeah yeah it was um uh heroes of might and magic 2 oh my uh, goodness realms oh man <laughs> these are they're all pretty old classic games i wonder if your viewers even know what they are
0: <laughs> <laughs> there those are I mean, some uh this is some classics man
1: yeah I, I think i i've i've seen a trend of i think a lot of your. Previous guests seem to like a lot of the uh, you know older retro sort of games, Red, you know, quote unquote retro. Yeah, yeah, uh, not that retro, but I think that like Super Nintendo N sixty four era, that's kind of like when I think gaming sort of. Well, actually, that's not true. Gaming sort of took off with the Atari, right? Uh, In any
0: <laughs> Gaming is such a evolving concept.
1: Yeah. You know. I. Yeah, I. I'm a. I don't know. I don't know if this is the right term, but I sort of like to be like a, you know, an evangelist no. for gaming. <laughs> I think gaming is good for you. Uh, you know, in moderation, like with anything else. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think it's great.
0: Yeah. Oh, I think. Uh, I think most of us on the show are are very pro gaming. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's basically it. And then through college and stuff, it was it was mostly exclusively um, PC gaming. Mm played a lot of left 4 dead 2 <laughs> you're, you're you're talking to a former pub star okay
0: okay <laughs> Just okay kidding. i don't i know nothing about left 4 dead so uh,
1: yeah. don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old game <laughs> yeah, like an old game yeah let's
0: uh i say this every episode but let's do an episode on left for dead i am so right. down for that
1: yeah essentially, every game that you bring up, you say we should do an episode, yeah <laughs> <And> <laughs> yeah and I'm we think the show n p c talk is gonna go on for years <laughs> years and years of video game nerd geek talk mm. it's beautiful,,
0: oh, that's what we're going for, and it is, <laughs> it's awesome <sighs> all right, well, um now I think it's the time for the great the great talk of. Mr. Blank's top three games. Are you ready? Ah, uh,
1: uh, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into it. What have you mean, got for us? You, you, you know, you brought up, you know, after that transistor episode and stuff. Yeah. Which um, I would both recommend and not recommend people listen to. <laughs> I think it was a bit of a. Uh, it turned out well. But in any case. You know, you, you were asking me about my top three and stuff. Man, that question has been bothering me since you asked me. <laughs> I thought it would be easy. You know, oh, you know, top three games easy. But then the more I thought about it, it's like ah, uh, can't decide. There's too many good games out there, and yeah. how do I? How do I? I feel like I'm, I don't know, letting letting them down or something <laughs> <laughs> by not picking them. But um, all right, let's. Let's go with what, what I've decided on. I think I like finalized it last night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's wrong, um, I always offer that we could do a second episode on your next oh. topic.
1: <laughs> the the correction episode. <laughs> the
0: correction. <laughs>
1: the, well, the stragglers. I, um, yeah. <laughs> I I don't remember which one of your friends did this, but um uh, one of your friends also mentioned some of his like runner ups, you know, oh, yeah, Matt really close. Yeah. So right. um, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's hear them. I, I kind of want to do that too because there's just so many great games out there. <laughs> so not not going into too much detail, but um, you know, just in general, the the Metal Gear Solid series, oh yeah, uh, Legend of Zelda series, <laughs> the Metroid series. I guess you can tell now none of those games are gonna be making my making my top. <laughs> <laughs> you
0: technically but, just mentioned like 50 games.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 there's there's literally that many good games. you know the pokemon actually when i say pokemon i only really mean red and blue and gold and silver oh yeah i played the others but um and um i'll even throw in chrono trigger that is not my top three (laughs) so i I might get a lot of heat from some people i guess but um, (laughs) games like chrono trigger oh man yeah a, a lot a lot of good games a lot of good games um moving on though let's start with my number three and that will actually be super giant games is transistor
0: really
1: yeah top three yeah. top three all right okay wait okay so i have to explain sort of my my whole logic behind my choices okay let's hear so, it so okay if you well okay i was thinking about you know what what does top three games mean right is it you know, just top three games that I play the most. Because if that's the case, like Left 4 Dead 2 will definitely take number one spot for me. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I play that probably the most out of every game. Um, but it's, I don't, when I think about Left 4 Dead 2, I don't think about it as like, oh, it's my favorite game of all time or the best game of all time. So, you know, how much you've played it or how long the game takes seems to not be a factor. And then I think a lot of times the nostalgia of older games kind of takes, you know, kind of comes to mind right off the bat. You know, when people usually get asked, you know, oh, what's your favorite game? You know, people usually go like, oh, dude, Chrono Trigger. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, Super Metroid, or uh, oh, uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time, or Majora's Mask, or whichever one. But um, I, I guess I try to try to think a little more, you know, broadly throughout. You know, my years of playing <laughs> however many games, which mm-hmm. of them has, um, you know, kind of stands out. And I think, you know, it's it's still fairly new, but it, Transistor definitely stands out in my mind as being a game that was, you know, very well designed with an incredible art direction, um, mm-hmm. awesome soundtrack, um, entertaining and interesting gameplay, and you know and uh and a pretty interesting and uh uh deep sort of underlying narrative so yeah, i think oh it, yeah. it kind of met a lot of different categories so i you know i figured you know why not transistor it's it's new but it it definitely takes takes number 3 for me
0: all right oh man so
1: if you guys We're not, haven't weren't expecting that right <laughs>
0: i was not expecting that that was a that was a little surprise for me too um so if you guys haven't heard episode 12 on Transistor we uh, as a Transistor noob who's beaten the game but only once um uh-huh. I think <laughs> I think we uh, go into into pretty deep um talks about Transistor and kind of the concept of it and stuff and so if you guys don't mind getting the story ruined I highly recommend going back and listening to it but if you guys plan on playing it eventually then play it first it's a short game and then come back to uh, the episode afterwards. Yeah. Uh, check
1: it Out. It's an awesome game. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, okay, so for uh, for Transistor, then uh, let's start with. Oh man, okay. Let's start with the gameplay. Like, how'd you like kind of its concept, and how does how's Transistor kind of work? Even though we kind of talked about it a little bit before.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, it's 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 like an isometric. Uh, I don't want to say it's, it's not really platform, but you know, you kind of have like a, a top down-ish isometric view of the world. You move your character around and, um, you can equip these powers or as the game calls them functions, <coughs> that you will collect throughout the, uh, the, uh, the course of the game. Mm-hmm. And whenever you encounter a, a fight or a battle, um, <coughs> you use these powers, um, at will, or you can go into this special, uh, uh, I guess you can say a, a move or a special ability called turn, uh, wherein we you can sort of stop time in mm-hmm. a way, plan out your moves, you know, uh, and then sort of let it run and let it play out, and then see it happen in very quick succession, and um, be able to you know cleverly and strategically clear out um, the enemies in your path. Mm-hmm. that's that's sort of how that's how the gameplay works in the gist um, as you progress along and yeah that that's let's stick with that. Oh, I guess you can also sort of like stack your powers. Um, you have four slots and you can stick them as your primary um, as a secondary add-on to a primary or as a passive mm-hmm. um, power so each. Uh, function that you collect can uh, be used in three different ways and I, I, there's I don't know like a dozen or so different functions so you can imagine all the number of combinations that you can have you know putting one in primary another in a secondary another the passive and so forth right right
0: yeah there are a lot of uh, combinations actually it's pretty cool
1: uh, yeah I'm actually <laughs> uh, playing playing through it again uh with my girlfriend and it's um it's been a it's been a pretty wild trip again i (laughs) I haven't played it in a while and um so i'm i'm just sort of it's now it's more for fun now because i've gotten rid of my completionist itch so (laughs) i don't need to worry about trying to do achievements or trying to get every green tick mark on the combos or whatever oh my Um, (laughs) i'm just i'm just trying to have fun now and uh, it's you know it's I'm finding some interesting new combos that I haven't tried before. That, you know, it's, it's, it's fun. I, I like, I like trying out new combinations and seeing how they work and, mm-hmm. um, you know, finding different ways to overcome the enemies that I previously didn't get to try out. So,
0: hmm. so how did you like uh the whole like the whole gameplay and how it kind of worked?
1: I thought it was, um, well, so the game overall, I think. Sticks very true and consistent to its theme of uh, the sort of programmy mm-hmm. computer uh, ish um, theme. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So there, there's a lot of references to uh, uh, concepts in programming and software that you know, literally just riddled throughout the game. Yeah, and the way that the combat works and the mechanics of that combat works is. Um You know it fits because it, the way you kind of stack your functions and stuff it's like you 're kind of coding mm-hmm. it 's like you 're programming your attacks when you go into this turn mode and then executing them to see how the program you wrote works out against these enemies <laughs> yeah. so, so I, I i I just found that to be really fun um, and relevant for me so <laughs> <laughs> um
0: so while we 're on the subject of coding do you have by any chance any like game design experience or you know game coding experience
1: uh no i don't though i've always sort of you know had notions in my mind like oh i can do better than all of these stupid lazy developers (laughs) (laughs) no um no unfortunately i haven't i I don't i don't have the experience but it it would definitely sounds like a fun idea though yeah i may want to i may want to try dabble in it one day Ask, yeah yeah ask uh ask Kevin for some tips or something <laughs> <laughs> right on his coattails <laughs>
0: um all right, so with the whole um programming thing going into transistor, let's talk about the the style of transistor, kind of like the art and how the music and just the whole thing plays together like what do you think of it
1: i felt very mem- mesmerized by it <laughs> <laughs> i think um even from the trailers of the game it becomes very apparent i think that the game is um it has a very unique style of its own i mm-hmm. think um especially if you've um, played Supergiant games his first uh release first game bastion you know that that also had a, a very sort of unique very colorful a very um different sort of art style and direction to the game Mm -hmm. because a lot of games you see now, I think, um, they kind of delve more into high, you know, realism, hyper realism, you know, um, having very fancy graphics and very fancy effects and things like that. But, but, um, transistor and, and bastion, um, they, it, it's a bit more stylized and, uh, not really minimal, but, um, I don't know. It's sort of more artsy in a way, mm-hmm. um, but it fits with the uh, the theme and the atmosphere of the game and the narrative. And I think that's what's really cool for me. Like, um, sort of the all aspects of the game really just come together to make the entire product uh, very cohesive and a um, a very worthwhile experience. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. everything uh, in Bastion all came together so well. The I mean, you know, the music, the art, the gameplay, same with transistor, the the music, the art, the gameplay, the story, it all just kind of wraps up into this very neatly, you know, tightly wound, very, um, and it, it, it just went together very well. Um, I'm not sure how else to describe the art style. I guess it, it sort of has a, uh, a science, sciencey y futuristic-y sort of, uh, feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's 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 I guess sort of how I would describe it. <laughs>
0: the um, one thing interesting about transistor graphics is, for most of the game when you're playing it, it's that you know futuristic, like very nice, um, you know, graphical style. But then uh, they implement these uh, almost like drawings. Into the game, right? You see like portraits of yourself, or you know, the in the ending, you see like a very beautifully drawn, like it, it seems drawn. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Like it, pictures, it's, it's like a still, still drawn art. that's yeah. kind of like embedded into these uh, moving scenes and stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And
1: yeah, yeah, like there's there's this one scene where you're uh, you're sort of riding on a motorcycle, motorcycle, sorry, mm-hmm. across a bridge, and then you know it's it's this, it's this moving animated. Um, visual and then in the background they kind of overlay it with these still images yeah. of these people that you're looking for um that are referred to as the camarada um so there's a lot of little kind of you know neat neat little artsy sort of things that they do with the game mm-hmm. um i th- i think that's what that's what you're referring to with those uh, images right yeah at, at the end credits too they they have like as the credits are rolling there's these images of of the main characters um you know interacting with each other Um, that sort of provides some insight as to their uh, past relationship and things like that so Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah
0: just i think it adds to the game a lot for the style so yeah (laughs) pretty cool um so let's go into um the story and not so much like the story itself because if you want to get into that there's episode 12 of npc talk um that you guys should all listen to but um Let's talk about how the story is kind of unraveled or how it's explained. And if you want, you can kind of compare it to Bastion because there's a lot of uni- a uniqueness that goes into <laughs> Supergiant super Kings.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, Transistor, the way that the narrative works is is um, similar in some ways but very different in other ways from Bastion. Mm-hmm. Um, in Bastion, most of the story is told through the voice of a narrator who kind of, like, speaks or describes the actions that you as a main player is taking. Um, In Transistor, what happens is you're kind of... Things kind of happen uh, in media rays where you're just kind of thrown into this in the middle of something. Something's happened. You're not exactly sure what's happened. And as the game progresses and you uh, collect uh, these powers and functions, you can... um, look at the descriptions of the functions, which turns out to be these uh, profile descriptions of different citizens of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world is called CloudBank. And as you use those functions more, um, actually, if, if, as you use it in the primary, secondary, or passive slot, it'll unlock more of the description and more of the story. And so a, a lot of the story is revealed through you as a player uh, progressing through these um, fights and battles using these functions, which in turn reveals more about various characters' backstories. And they all sort of kind of end up coming together into this web of, you know, individual stories that has this common thread of um, these influential people within CloudBank disappearing whenever they sort of get close to this, you know, weird funny thing happening mm-hmm. in the Northwest corner of CloudBank. And- <laughs> Now, they all kind of, in one way or another, run into this group, this shadow organization called the Camarada, mm-hmm. and um, end up disappearing. Um, how 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 are we spoilerish much?
0: <laughs> um, it, it's up to you, really. I can, we can just uh, throw up a we can spoiler leave that tag. a transistor but... episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. So if you want to go deeper into the story. Uh yeah, we'll we'll leave it to the transistor episode.
1: Yeah, I I think, I, I think that we we've covered a lot. We covered a lot of it in that episode. <laughs>
0: um. All right. So, uh, I guess for some final thoughts on transistor, kind of, what's your favorite part about the game? I know that you said you know earlier you like the whole thing kind of put together, but you know, did you have kind of a you know favorite moment or favorite thing about the game that you liked?
1: Yeah, actually, the music, um, and this is something we didn't get into too much in our transistor uh, episode. Mm-hmm. But uh, the music for me was a, a big draw and a big reason why it's up in my top three. Oh, really? I actually, I actually got the. Uh, well, I actually listened to the soundtrack before playing the game. Oh wow! Even though it was advised by Supergiant Games not to do that, because. <laughs> Because as the music also kind of plays into the narrative of the game because the main character, she's actually a singer, a performer in in Cloud Bank, mm-hmm. and you know there are these little, little um, extra little bits that you can do in the game like uh, if you press tab, the the main character will hum along with the background song, um, as Kevin mentioned in that previous episode. So there's two, essentially two versions of each song, yeah. one. Which is you know just the song itself, and one in which the main character Red is humming along with with the with the tune. Um, and I, I the soundtrack was amazing for me. Um, yeah, I I, I, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. You know, tracks <laughs> like you know the the spine and in circles we all become mm-hmm, um, paper boats. Mm-hmm. Those are all the vocal tracks from the from the soundtrack, which are just fabulous. And Darren Darren Corb did an amazing job with that soundtrack as he did with bastion and um old friends which is the uh the sort of the title intro tune is awesome yeah then so, the music really really i think uh, brought to life the atmosphere mm, yeah definitely and, uh, and helped sort of drive the the narrative as well um so that, yeah that that's probably my most memorable thing from about transistor
0: oh yeah the uh, the music really, it, yeah, it, it's really neat how they, the music didn't just play, like, into a background role, but it almost played into, like, the forefront of the game. In, yeah. Yeah, and just, like, how it interacts with everything else. It's amazing. Yeah. Well put, Chris. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Um, so, uh... Yeah, transistor. Uh Supergiant Games. Awesome game. Uh, what have you got next for us?
1: Alright. <clears throat> so actually number three was the was the hardest one to pick for me. Oh. Um, I think I think I had one and two were a lot more easier. Um so at number two, this I you're probably not gonna be expecting this too. But my number two comes to uh, go goes to Final Fantasy Nine.
0: Oh okay.
1: Ah.
0: Oh <laughs> Um Oh man, okay. So I have not played Final Fantasy nine. So no. <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know too much about it. I I know Well what... let
1: me give you the rundown. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lay no. it on me. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm looking up the date here on wiki just so I don't get that wrong. But it says release date uh, in North America, November thirteenth of two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's you know that's fifteen you know years ish ago, and um, I believe this was the last Final Fantasy on the PlayStation One. Yes, um, and it was also the last Final Fantasy developed by Square before the merge with uh, b- before they merged and became Square Enix. So this was a Squaresoft game, not a Square Enix game. Um, and then also the director was the guy who did uh, Final Fantasy VI, which a lot of people argue is one of the better, one of the best Final Fantasies. My personal favorite. Yeah. So I. So that's it's the same director, uh, Hiroki Ito, mm. and the same producer of the creator of the Final Fantasy franchise, oh. Sakaguchi. Um, so this game. Um, I think there was a whole thing with, like, um, Final Fantasy VIII and IX being developed at the same time, but they were taking completely different approaches to how they were, you know, designing the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when they shifted over to the 3D realm with Final Fantasy VII, you know, that sort of shook the whole, you know, Final Fantasy franchise, right? Like, everyone just sort of adored Final Fantasy VII. I I think it was mostly because of the fact that it was the first 3D one. Yeah, and it had a it was very non-traditional. Seven and eight, it it was a lot more sort of a futuristic genre or theme to it. Whereas with Final Fantasy IX, they sort of went back to the roots, sort of the traditional style of the Final Fantasy games. Mm -hmm. Um, With the you know the sort of the way it looks, it was definitely a lot more fantasy oriented. Had this sort of medieval vibe to it. Um, it brought back, like, the uh, the traditional jobs or roles, sort of, in some ways. You know, you <laughs> had, like, a black mage, a blue mage, a, a thief, a healer, uh, you know. And then it got back to the um, idea of, you know, the crystal, which is sort of a big thing throughout the Final Fantasy series. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, and, uh, you know, Nobuo Imatsu on, uh, wrote the soundtrack for it. And to me, uh, Final Fantasy IX, um, I think was a. It, it was a very representative game for what I felt like the Final Fantasy series is kind of about. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. There was a very clear, um, sort of non-ambiguous uh, story to it. Mm-hmm. You know. And, but then underlying the entirety of the game, um, including the characters, uh, the story, even the mechanics in a sense, um, was this underlying uh, idea or theme of identity, self identity, and, you know, what is your purpose in the world? Do you have a purpose? Um, And that sort of um, idea of Identity and stuff was what actually really intrigued me, and huh. you know, I I found that to be very uh, very fun because you know there there's this you know on the surface Final Fantasy game you know turn based characters story music chocobos whatever yeah <laughs> yeah but then there is also this uh, consistent theme of you know sort of this philosophical idea of, about you know what does it mean to be what you are and you know do you side along with fate or Hmm. can you you go against fate um what are you if it seems like your purpose in life is gone you know there's there's a lot of sort of introspective questions and philosophical ideas that are um that that i think is pretty prominent throughout the uh pacing of the story and dang uh, i guess it may not have dawned on me when i first played it as I don't even remember when I first played it, but I, I replayed it actually in sometime in college, and I, f- I found it to be very, um, very entertaining and enlightening, and I thought it was a very just overall a well-designed game. Yeah, that sounds awesome. I think awesome. it's yeah uh, nine is actually actually I think the highest-rated game on like Metacritic or something like that of all the huh. Final Fantasies. Oh, crazy! Something like that. But it's it's not as widely, like, spoken about. I think. Yeah, it's not. You no, know, usually when people think of Final Fantasy, they will th- throw out like oh seven, yeah. or ten uh, even, or like some of the older people will say oh six definitely six because that was the last one on the Super Nintendo and stuff. Hmm. Uh, but but yeah, nine actually I think holds the highest score on Metacritic.
0: Oh, crazy. Um. So. How do you think with this game being released in 2000, how did the game age over the years?
1: Hmm. So, hard to say and I probably can't speak fairly since I haven't played it now mm-hmm. um, recently. I played I replayed it in gosh, uh 2009. So that's I guess it's uh, still about a decade after, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, still pretty recent. Um, yeah. But then I think for me, having grown up sort of um, with these uh, with the um, technological developments in the in the game sort of world, yeah, seeing the transition from two D to three D and things like that, um, it I think it has its charm to it. Mm. Um, The game is very it's definitely a lot more vibrant and colorful than say like Final Fantasy Mm Seven, which definitely has a lot more darker, broody sort of color and palette to it yeah definitely um so i think that that sort of helps i think because um you know things things look nicer because there's a lot more color it's not just a smoggy cloudy dark (laughs) cloudy um (laughs) i I was not planning that that was not supposed to be a thing not very punny of me um yeah, no, I I, th- I think it did okay. Um, I haven't played any Final Fantasies after this one, also. Oh, interesting. So, um, it's I guess it's a little hard for me to s- gauge in terms of how you know how it compares to the current latest Final Fantasies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it'll definitely be interesting if I went back and replayed it now. Um, but yeah, back in like 2009 ish or so, it. I, I still thought it was great and I thought it still looked awesome and definitely nice. did not detract at all from my enjoyment of the game.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I feel like and uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm pretty biased against Final Fantasy 7. Like, I think it's a great game. <laughs> but, uh, but the way it was heralded I think is a little, like, too much for what it is. I don't know. There's so many good games out there and I don't know. I'm just biased, but uh I feel like Final Fantasy 7 did did not like hold up the best in terms of aging. Like when you replay it, you are just kind of like, oh yeah, you can you can tell that this game was like pretty old.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you, you definitely see the polygons there. <laughs> a great no, game in its right, I, but... I think 9 definitely looks a lot better than 7. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm not biased here. <laughs>
0: yeah um i know that a lot of the old the more classic gamers like people who've come from you know the age of final fantasy 4 and final fantasy 6 and chrono trigger and stuff uh i know that they tend to like final fantasy 9 a lot more than 7 VII and 8 oh okay yeah um but usually like some of like the quote-unquote newer gamers but playstation's yeah. old now so um <laughs> they they usually like seven and then eight is just like the weirdest like weirdest mixture of people who hate it and then people who love it and so I can never tell with that game but
1: yeah I, I used to I had a I had a friend a long time ago where um he would say that his favorite was eight um I, I I've only played like the very beginning of eight so I never I, I never really got into it but um I yeah, I'm I'm familiar with the with the great schism between people's impressions of eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I think uh, I think if we ever had a Final Fantasy eight episode, yeah, I could I could get some like pretty harsh arguments going in on that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, we'll see.
1: Yeah. Well, for me though, I think um, I so a uh, music is a m- the music in the game is a very important part for me. Oh yeah, um, video games. So and I actually am more familiar with the soundtrack of all the Final Fantasies than the individual games themselves um i've only actually beaten final fantasy 4 and 9 Huh. Um, 7 i got all the way to that last area like meteor crater or whatever thing yeah yeah then i sort of stopped while trying to do all the chocobo stuff <laughs> Six I also got sort of towards the end where you fight the different dragons and then I kind of phase out of that also. Mm, yeah, uh, yeah. So I've only finished four and nine, but I know I'm pretty familiar with the soundtrack for most of the Final Fantasies and you know eight actually eight has a very good soundtrack as well. Huh. Um interesting. It's 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 very nice. Nine's Is it... better though. Oh nine's better? <laughs> okay, okay. Well I mean, I, I'm definitely biased here.
0: No, no, we, we accept the bias when it's your top three.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's definitely. absolute. Nine <laughs> <the> better music.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So in terms of for nine, mm-hmm. how is the gameplay?
1: It's it's a uh, so the way the battle works is pretty standard for the older Final Fantasies, You know, the turn based. Mm-hmm. Um, you can sort of attack with your weapon or uh, use a ability or magic. Um, spell mm-hmm. the difference or the uniqueness in final fantasy 9 um, there's there's two things one was you obtain abilities and magic spells mm-hmm. by equipping items so as when you equip an item uh, and you go through more battles using those equipments it'll you'll sort of gain points for those spells and then once you kind of complete it you can use those spells without having that equipment Uh, Hmm. without having that piece of equipment equipped. Um, So that's how the progression worked. It wasn't like how in 7 you had the material so you can just kind of keep on swapping out or whatever. Right. Um, And then secondly, it's something similar to the limit break, I think, in 7, where as you take more hits, um, you have this meter, a chance meter that loads up. And then once you fill up this chance meter, you go into this state called trance <laughs> you sort of have like uh, you know special functions unique to that character um, and you're you know essentially stronger um, that's that'll last for like a, a battle just mm, nice. uh, just it was not bad it, it it didn't play like a huge part in terms of the mechanics for me mm. um, but what was interesting were the uh, the equipment based uh, abilities learning um, which actually kind of goes along with this sort of theme of the identity and stuff. It's like the, you know, your equipments sort of have this identity of their own. So mm-hmm. the different pieces of equipment are more significant, I think. Like mm-hmm. the different um, uh, daggers or weapons that you get for your main character, it's like you remember like which one is what because, you know, a certain one would have, you know, the next spell or whatever. So it's like, oh, that's the weapon with this spell. Nice. that's nice. And with that ability or... So, so yeah, I, I I I thought that was cool, and it made my um, perfectionist scheme e- uh, easier too, because it was a, it was definitely more straightforward in in terms of getting all those <laughs> like that.
0: I was just about to ask you. I was like, were, did you did you equip every weapon? <laughs> I, I
1: I I hundred percented that game. <laughs>
0: Man, yeah. I respect Side that.
1: West. All the side quests, all the little chocobo things. I I played the card game. I uh, I collected all the cards. Oh um, man, yeah. In the in the end, I, I think the card game was was not bad actually. Um, I thought it was okay. Not not very <laughs> consequential in terms of the story, except for this one part. But otherwise, um, yeah, I I played that game to to the end. Actually, I even went so far as to try to steal. Every piece of equipment you can from every boss, oh my goodness, uh, except for this one this one stupid guy, <laughs> I still remember what it looks like. I don't remember its name <laughs> it's this big vine looking like dumbass creature <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't give up it's um it's a harder to obtain uh steel item, and I just sat there, you know, I was just like doing nothing but just you know, steal, 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 defend, 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 trying to get this thing, and I couldn't get it for the life of me. It was killing me, and eventually, my roommates at the time were just like, dude, just give it up. <laughs> and I was like, ah. Oh. So I still remember, I completely finished that game back in college, except for that one weapon that I could not steal from that one stupid monster. Ah. <laughs> good times
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on I'm seeing oh, okay. they had a picture of I th- I think the boss that you're talking about on the wiki but uh, it doesn't have the name of the boss so I wasn't sure if it's who you're talking about but um, what do you think of the characters in the game like how are they represented and you know do they grow yeah. well or whatever? So,
1: yeah. Um, that's that's That was a big factor for me in terms of choosing this game over mm. Chrono Trigger, actually. Oh. Might get a, this might get a little heated. Oh, I'm <laughs> offended already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so for the record, I, I love Chrono Trigger and for a long time that sort of held the top one spot for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I recently started replaying it, um, so I, I feel like I have a got more uh, perspective on, on the game, Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but essentially, for nine, I thought that the characters um, definitely had more development mm. and more interaction than... Well, okay, I, I'm not going to compare. I, I think just um, the game just itself, I thought the characters were very well developed. You see a progression of every single character wow. uh, from start to finish going through this trans not transformation but uh sort of self-discovery um you know going back to this underlying theme of self-identity you know the main character he's sort of this uh he starts out as kind of this uh uh sort of cocky but he's very like enthusiastic very um upbeat sort of guy yeah yeah and there's this moment in the game where he realizes sort of what he is um and just It crushes him like no other and he's just he's just despondent and um he sort of gives up on everything and then you know you have the scene with all of his friends your party kind of coming in for each battle taking turns telling him like you know oh no uh you know you're you're part of our group you know you're not just what you think you are you're you're definitely more than that you've helped us in so many ways and there's (laughs) this moment of epic friendship that sort of pulls him back to, you know, his senses, you know, that realizing he doesn't have to be like chained to his fate. And
0: Aww, like that. that's and so heartwarming. Options.
1: Yeah, it's it's great, and it's it's really funny because when you initially, you know, when you look at like the cover art for the game and stuff, it looks very, I would I'd say um, not off the bat appealing. Hmm. Um, you know, the main character isn't like Cloud, you know, who's this like sort of um, you know, lean, blonde, spiky hair with a big-ass sword kind of guy. <laughs> you know, the, the main character actually looks kind of almost androgynous. You know, he, he kind of has this boyish look to himself. Mm. And um, he has his tail, which makes him look kind of like a monkey. Um, and the other characters. So it the, the game, because it's stylized to the more fantasy, traditional Final Fantasy series mm-hmm. um, type of artwork... I think they're kind of chibi-fied in a way. So they're okay. uh, the characters, even though they're like full-grown adults or whatever, will still look uh, will tend to look a bit more shorter but stout, um, mm-hmm. as opposed to like you know seven or eight or whatever or ten. Um, but the characters I think are definitely very unique, and have very distinct personalities. But um, underlying each of their backstories is this you know consistent theme of. Um, self-identity self-discovery and figuring out what is their purpose in the world
0: that is that is so cool i think that theme is like
1: it it is i I think it's also like you you might not you know you're just kind of like brush it off like as a thing but then once you sort of like look into it it's it's actually very well very well done i think Mm -hmm. um you know one one of the favorite characters i think most people like in final fantasy nine is uh a little black mage named Vivi. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, you know, he doesn't even look human. He's just, um, you know, he sort of has his blue cloak with this big yellow pointy hat and it's just dark with yellow circle eyes. <laughs> uh, but he has this whole um, uh, story sort of subplot, I guess, where he's not sure where he comes from and eventually where he learns where he comes from and what he is. And uh, I don't know if I want to spoil stuff. <laughs> it's an old game, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't mind personally. So yeah.
1: he actually, I think, ends up um, at the at, at the end, like the the finale cinematics and whatever. Mm-hmm. He's actually uh, passed away. He's he's dead. Oh, um, so I think there's like this letter that he writes to the main character. So that's kind of the last thing you see from him. Hmm. Um, so there, you know, it's it's bittersweet, um, and you know, in traditional Final Fantasy style, there's also a you know a love, love thing to it with the main character and the main girl, who's a uh, the princess of one of the major uh, kingdoms, and um, yeah, she also has this whole thing with um, you know, she's supposed to be you know a princess, but she's um, you know, she's sort of locked up in a castle. Mm-hmm. Eventually she finds out she's adopted. Um, oh. well, actually I think she might've always known that she was adopted, but then she didn't know where she came from. Later you find out she's like one of the last surviving members of the summoner tribe. Oh, Um, and she's, um, sort of betrayed by her mother, her quote unquote mother and things like that. She goes also through this whole. Ah, it's just so cleverly done like (laughs) uh, during the middle of the game she'll like change her name so she'll change her identity so that she's not recognized as much well that's crazy Um, there's this whole i don't know it's just very consistent the throughout the game this whole theme of self-identity and self-discovery and Mm. figuring out what it is what your purpose is in life it's so great one of of the other characters is a freya um she's a dragoon or a a dragon knight Mm -hmm. um She kind of looks kind of like a mouse rat-like humanoid form. Mm -hmm. Then her whole deal is like she lost her love when he like went off to some adventure and never came back. And eventually you find him, but he had like lost his memory. So he doesn't even know who she is anymore. Oh no! So she's just broken now because she spent all this time trying to find him. And she finds him, but he doesn't even know who she is. Oh, that's so sad. yeah, there it's ah oh, man ah oh, now I want to replay it.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, that's Final Fantasy Nine in a nutshell, I guess. That's awesome.
0: Um, I
1: <laughs> I'm a big queue of
0: games, man. And, yeah, you do. Uh, I... <laughs> all these darn guests telling me these awesome games that I no. just.
1: I I was even thinking it'd be cool if we had like a. You know, we'll have like a game day where we try to like go through like a marathon run of like I don't know, like the Metal Gear series, or like a marathon run of some Final Fantasy or whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty fun too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, do you mean like like we just play it together and then?
1: Rep- yeah, I don't know. It's it's just a sort of you know hand wavy idea. <laughs> sort of Nothing but board games or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Can have a video game day. Who knows?
0: Yeah. Um, it, for any listeners out there who uh, have any suggestions or kind of new ideas for the cast or anything, uh, yeah, just throw it up in the comments under the episode. Um, and we will read them. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> I like new ideas, man. I think, <laughs> I think, uh, we're all planning on. Um, throwing Kevin into the Super Mario sixty four pit and just having him run oh, that game.
1: I I have it uh, oh. on on the Wii Virtual Console actually. So if 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 you needed like the hardware for it, I I've got it, man.
0: <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, we have. I think we have the N sixty four one because okay. he's not used to like the the first like three D. Controller, the yeah, N64 is a, such a unique controller.
1: Yeah. Uh, oh, so you want to just okay? I, I see what you're doing.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna show them what it was back in the day.
1: <laughs> it, I I thought that the N64 controller wasn't that bad.
0: Uh, I mean, I think the layout is good, but the I mean, the control stick like just dies on you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it gets kind of a uh, you get that like backlash sort of thing where you you move it a little bit but it doesn't do anything yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. the d-pad was also awkward um that that was definitely weird though oh being Hardly, like the... all the way over yeah. there yeah when like i i only remember like one or two games that actually used the d-pad also yeah yeah i like um, yeah, rarely because ever... you didn't use the d-pad no games you could use the l button right. you, you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway we can talk about hardware design of, of game controllers in a different
0: episode. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, the the theme for this cast is we talk about the future and then the future will come eventually.
1: <laughs> oh man, we haven't even talked about my number 1.
0: Oh. Let's
1: okay. hear it. What is your okay. number 1? Blank. Number 1.
0: Drum roll. Doesn't require
1: much introdu- introduction, I hope. <laughs> Oh yeah why don't you do that
0: <laughs> Drum roll and we got for number and...
1: one mass effect three Ooh, controversial right oh. oh man,
0: oh man so, <laughs> so much to talk about I...
1: <laughs> so i i I don't wanna I, I I guess I'll only really go into the stuff that I really enjoyed about it mm-hmm. and not talk about um too much about all of the little intricacies of the game mm-hmm. as. We're gonna have a Mass Effect episode, right? Huh? Yep, that huh? Mass yeah. Effect
0: episode will actually come in like the nearer future. So okay. for your top one, let's keep the spoilers to a minimum for yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Then... I'll
1: definitely I'll definitely try to do it like uh like I did with Transistor. Yeah, and so then we're just gonna yeah. dump it
0: all out in the Mass yeah, Effect that, episode.
1: That'll be a that'll be a heavy episode. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be a lot to talk about there. Yes. Um But moving along, (laughs) (laughs) so I it's it's you know it's it's a continuous story. So it's really the entirety of the Mass Effect trilogy. Mm -hmm. Um, But then since I have to pick one, I I will pick Mass Effect three. Awesome. Um, The reason why I picked Mass Effect three, even though I know a lot of people, at least most of our friends, I think, will say like Mass Effect two, is their best Mm -hmm. or is their favorite of the three. Um. I think that although Mass Effect 2 in and of itself is, I think, um, a very good game that stands alone. Like if I were to introduce someone to the Mass Effect, if they were interested, they wanted to play, get into the Mass Effect uh, realm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea to get them started on the second game first, for example. And if they oh. really enjoy it something, feel free to go back to the first one. Because the first one, you know, honestly, I think it does look a bit dated now, mm-hmm. uh, and the uh, the game play of it, the sort of the battle mechanics of it, is definitely a bit clumsy and cumbersome. <laughs> it really is, yeah. Yeah. So, so, but because of because of that, um, I would say I wouldn't mind introducing someone to the franchise with the second game. But uh, in terms of looking at the the story of the Mass Effect trilogy world overall, and you know just seeing everything come together at the end, you know the last hurrah, um, and seeing all of your old buddies and party members, and you know admittedly the the improved graphics and what in my opinion better combat mechanics, um, mm-hmm. the third one takes takes my top slot for me.
0: Nice, nice. You see, I'm on the, I'm on the opposite. Um, I mean, not. I think Mass Effect 3 is the best as well, but in terms of um, starting people onto this series, I'm all about, like, for Mass Effect, you gotta start at 1. Like, I am, like, you cannot start at 2, <laughs> and like, if you start so at I, 2, you're missing yeah. out on, like, so well, much. I mean,
1: remember when, you know, Kevin, Kevin said he started with the second game, <sighs> and that he loved it so much that he went back to the first one, and then replayed the second one with his carryover imported character. So that's kind of, you know, I'm kind of gaming gaming it, you know? I'm okay. kind of playing with them. Because I think that if they play the second one, they would get hooked. <laughs> and they would just want to know more about how, you know, such and such happened and whatnot. Because mm-hmm. that first game is just brilliant in terms of building that world and just introducing all of these different uh, alien races and the characters. Oh, it's it's such a beautiful game in terms of the narrative. Mm-hmm. But I have to admit the the combat uh, mechanics um, definitely is is a bit of a drag. I think it, I think it kind of weighs down the game. It aged. Um, it, it, the, yeah, it it weighs down the enjoyment of the game if you play it now because it came out quite quite a while ago. Oh man, I have to look up the date now because I remember the series spanned something like nine years or something, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, it, it released in for Windows at least for PC, uh, May of 2008. So, is that right? Hmm. The... That, for some reason, doesn't seem right to me. But... It
0: seems a little newer.
1: Yeah, that, you that definitely feels new. Yeah, maybe it just feels that long. No, that can't be right. I think I must be looking at something wrong. <laughs> right, because massive it came out before... Oh wait, maybe that is right. That might be right actually. Okay, it came out for the Xbox first. In 2007, November of 2007. Okay, okay. And then it was released for uh PC uh mid 2008.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm seeing end of end of 2007.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then Mass Effect 2 was released in 2010, which is like 2-3 years after that. Maybe a little less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, just oh man, the, the world that they that Bioware built in the Mass Effect trilogy is is so great and so immersive, and I think definitely well thought out in terms of the world. Oh yeah, we'll get into the story and you know the end ending <laughs> debacle and whatever whatever in the in the later episodes. I just want to praise the trilogy for now.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, okay. We'll we'll say we will say that the ending of the trilogy had a lot of controversy to it, and we'll just leave yeah. it at that for now.
1: Yeah, and I um, so me me and um uh, Austin, one one of our previous games uh, pre sorry previous guests, mm-hmm. he and I, um, he actually introduced me to the series, um, so thank you Austin for that. <laughs> uh, but we. So we were debating, like, when Mass Effect 3 was going to be coming out. We were like, oh, I don't want to pre-order, dude. And stuff. We held out for a really long time, but then eventually our itch was just too strong. <laughs> we we ended up pre-ordering it and stuff. So we were, you know, we were among that first group of people who, you know, play the game before any of the DLCs were out. You know, yep. besides the From Ashes and whatever. Me too, me too. So I, yeah. So, you know, you and you and me, I guess we experienced that that initial hit of, of the ending and it uh, okay let's let's not go into that because i <laughs> don't end up making this episode like an hour longer than it needs to be.
0: <laughs> um so i would say for me personally the mass effect universe is probably my favorite universe like
1: out there yeah I mean that that's why it takes my number one slot too mostly because of the world that they built mm-hmm. and this uh, you know the story that you know continues across three games yeah. using you know your same character um I haven't played Dragon Age which is I, I, another BioWare game I don't know if the character carries along do you know have you played I've, that
0: I have not okay
1: so I, I don't know if there's there are other games that have done this sort of idea where it, where you, you know, start with a character that you create and it, it just follows along with you throughout this whole narrative. Mm-hmm. That was definitely new for me. And, um, that was, yeah, that definitely felt like a, a you know, a, a journey, you know, through, through the years.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It did. It really, really did that. And it was just
1: so story. smart, you know, and there was so much depth to it, too. It's not just a shallow story where, you know, there's the good, the bad, and, you know, the hero ends up winning. Yay. It, it wasn't like that. You know, there's there's so many um, intricacies to the, you know, as to the, you know, the why someone was doing what they were doing <laughs> or the reason why some race would be doing a certain thing as a, as a whole. You know, I, I think that's what they did very well, especially from that first game, is that you know set up that scene for you know um, what are the Turians like, what are the Asari like, yeah. what are the Salarians like, what are the Krogan like, what are the Quarians like, and ah, oh, it was it was great. And then so you go through one, and you go through two, and then you get to three, and it's it just feels like this, you know, you've seen the game grow with you, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of the graphics as well. And the story, and you carry along all of the choices that you've made from the first game to the second game to the third, and you know everything in the third game. I think felt a lot more fluid, especially the combat. Um, and I think that the combat was was uh, meshed very well with with the, uh, the 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 style and the theme of that third game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, they they did make. A lot of changes along the way, you know, like the the mechanics of the first game is very different. The way that you grow your character and your skills and stuff Mm -hmm. from the first game to the second game. Um, The third game is pretty similar to the second game, um, you know, with some differences. More polished. Uh, Yeah, I I, I felt that way too. Um, And then in... uh, Terms of how the uh, the missions were like how how your individual missions compare across the three games. Too, I think the the third game had um, definitely had a lot more memorable events. Me. Yeah, Yeah. even though I think the single greatest mission, you know, probably hands down has has to be the suicide mission from the second game. Yeah, um, the third one I think had you know, great uh, closing moments of, you know, various subplots like Morden and the Genophage. Yeah. Um, so so it, this all, all vary depending on the choices you've made and stuff. So that's also another thing where, you know, each person can shape their canon story for their shepherd to be however they want. Mm-hmm. But at least for me, um, you know, Morden and Genophage, that arc was, you know, was, it was beautiful. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it was really, really cool. Uh,
1: yeah, and and um, you know, seeing seeing you know the Quarians and the Geth um, and the whole world sort of you know in all-out war, and you finally, finally, you know, are really fighting the Reapers head-on. Um, and I think that's that's what sort of it comes down to for me. I think because throughout the first game and the second game you know you're fighting um, you know the the looming darkness in the horizon you know the yeah. reapers right but you're really fighting one who's controlling or manipulating other species or races or whatever right right, right. right. so it's only in the third game that i feel you you're really fighting the reapers and you kind of feel the weight of what it means for the reapers to finally come you know mm-hmm. it's kind of like the boy who cried wolf right that's kind of like what shepherd is the whole whole throughout the trilogy shepherd is like you know oh the reapers are coming the reapers are coming you know see that was a reaper the reapers are coming but you know the stupid intergalactic government head uh, the council are like like oh no that wasn't that wasn't the reapers like, <laughs> oh no we've dismissed that claim like and i think you you know you finally see it uh see that come and you see Desperation in all the the people and and your 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 squad mates and stuff and um, I think I think the weight of that really just uh, made for a much more memorable experience for me. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, they in the first two games they like do a really good job of of showing you like a reaper and how crazy they are, but then at the same time being like, this is just like you know the the scout of all reapers, like. Yeah. The- the yeah. little like henchling or like the henchman yeah. of <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of Reapers, but in the
1: in the third game, you know, we're coming for you and it's yeah, like oh yeah. it's <laughs> crazy. I am the herald of your destruction. <laughs> that, so that's that's like what um the the first Reaper you sort of encounter was, you know, um well mate, do do we wanna talk about should I I don't know. I don't know if I should be going more into what we've said. <laughs> uh, uh i mean yeah we'll leave it let's leave okay. it okay i think it's fine <laughs> right, um, let, let's 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 get past the story okay this story i think um building up to throughout the games is was great mm-hmm. and very immersive very different and new and i think they just built from the ground up yeah. um, a very good and convincing and enjoyable uh characters and yeah. races
0: can we i wanna I wanna quickly and by quickly I mean not quickly at all talk about <laughs> <laughs> talk about how awesome I think the korean races um yeah were you a tallymancer I, <laughs> 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 I was not I was not
1: okay but okay. um oh that that that'll actually be you know when we sorry just 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 as a side note when we yeah. do the mass effect episode so we I'm guessing there's gonna be several of us we have to go around and say (laughs) who who was your romance (laughs) oh man Uh, i i think that'll that'll reveal some things about 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 each other (laughs) um
0: yeah i just wanted (laughs) back to the (laughs) corians um i wanted to talk about like it's really cool. So the the story of Mass Effect, right? Is that you you discover technology, and then through this technology, you discover this huge universe of of other intelligent life beings that also discovered this technology. It may say in Mass Effect that the theory behind it is that uh is that like sentient beings or like or like humanoid beings, like people with like generally like two legs and two arms and a brain. Mm-hmm. um are the ones who can discover it because they have the ability to you know like build and travel and you know be able to do all these different things and so you you meet all these races that are kind of humanoid but they have so many different characteristics and my favorite ones are the korian because they are really they're awesome but then at the same time they're just inherently fragile mm-hmm.
1: right because they
0: What is it about their masks exactly?
1: It's well. So um, the Quarians are are a species that were driven from their homeworld. Right. So they've been forced to live on their on the spaceships for such a long time over generations and generations to the point that their immune system has eventually essentially uh, become non-existent. Um, You know, so they wear these suits that filter you know everything out for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know, if they like get a tear in their suit or whatever, they'll get an infection that can potentially kill them, um, because they're so used to this sterile environment within the spaceships. Right,
0: right, right. I just, I just think it's so clever that um, if I were to build like a universe of aliens and stuff, like I would just say, like you know, oh, they're they're from this planet. This planet's hot. <laughs> you know, like they're from this planet. This yeah. planet's cold. But... And, and and so they're they're red
1: with flames coming out of their backs. Or
0: something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How'd you know? <laughs> How'd you know? You're,
1: but... you're thinking about it from, like, a Pokemon perspective.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, like, the in the Mass Effect universe, they built this race where they're not even on their home planet. You meet them, and they're part of, like, I think it's called the Great Fleet, right? Or something like that?
1: Uh, the, the Migrant Fleet. Migrant because Fleet. It, yeah, because they move from place to place. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and so, like, basically, <laughs> their ships are just this one giant orbit, and, like, that's their planet. And, <laughs> and like, they have and they're so like yeah they have like no immune system and they're just like they they have a hard time adapting things but at the same time they're very smart and they're very yeah. resourceful in their own ways and um it's just and they they use this this idea of being on a ship to create their own like ship culture right where they send yeah, scouts yeah and yeah. scout fleets to um yeah
1: yeah then they had that whole concept of the pilgrimage which is their coming of age ritual um so you know the their young has to um uh go on this pilgrimage which means they leave the fleet the migrant fleet and travel to uh some planet or some city or wherever and try to make something of themselves or bring back something that'll be of use to Mm -hmm. the migrant fleet
0: yeah it's just so clever like yeah my goodness, definitely is that's so cool. Definitely
1: is. Yeah, I I think the same can be said of all races. You know, like the Krogans, um, definitely has um, has it's it's a lot more than just this. You know, brutes, right? Mm-hmm. There, you you see the development um of them, and I I yeah. So that's I I want to kind of bring this back to the third game also, and not just the trilogy. Right. right. Um, and the third game is the first. Time you sort of I think, or not? Okay, it's not the first time, but you start to learn more about the the history of you know the the Krogan as a species. Yeah, and not just the history, but also what's in store for them in the future. So it's it's always they've kind of always been portrayed as this you know they're kind of like savage, like they're you know all they want to do is fight and kill or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then you'll see you know they're they're not all like that you know you see you finally get to see a female krogan for the first time in the third game <laughs> and you see that they you know along with being very strong and formidable they also you know have a lot more common sense than their you know testosterone <laughs> fueled male counterparts <laughs> um, and so i i think things like that were very very great to see same with the decorians uh, the cuz um, you know, you got to see even more of the interactions between the admirals uh, mm-hmm. of the Quarian fleet, and how there's so much. Um, there's a bit of a political unrest uh, within the fleet because they they had recently lost an lost a, an admiral, mm-hmm. um, and you know all of the all of the admirals seem to always just be bickering about what they think is right. And there's no clear consensus, mm-hmm. and yeah, oh man, yeah, it was it was great. Same <laughs> same with the um, same could be said about the Asari, you know, and and the Turians, and they really are all awesome. Yeah, yeah, they they really are. I if anything, I wish uh, even for the uh, the more minor species that we got to see a lot more um, development for them. And saw th- saw more of them taking part in <laughs> the battle. That's okay. I didn't want to go into complaints, but here I go. <laughs> you know, like the volus, and um, you know, it would have been cool if if we saw them, you know, in the final sort of battle and things like that. Mm-hmm.
0: Who who but are we, the which race was the one where um they 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 talk without emotion?
1: Oh, uh, inquisitively, I believe you're talking about the Elcor <laughs> the Elcor <laughs> they're so funny <laughs> I guess inquisitively wasn't the right word there but yeah they're, they're oh man it's just brilliant I thought the Elcor were so funny yeah uh, I it actually hasn't been that long since I replayed through the whole trilogy again mm. um, I actually got got my girlfriend into that
0: nice oh uh,
1: yeah video game evangelist right here um, <laughs> anyway yeah um the elcor so funny so it's so great and it's so sad when they're sad because they can they don't have much uh expression in their intonation right right because when they communicate amongst themselves they apparently use more of the smells or whatever Mm -hmm. Um, so so they yeah so they (laughs) they use adverbs at the beginning of each sentence to To express what their emotion is (laughs) it's it's so sad when you know one of the uh, one of the uh, what was it like the council members or the representative of the elgors he's talking about his home planet how it's being burned and attacked by the reapers and that they need help and he's you know he's like despondently please help my people (laughs) Uh, oh yeah it's I, we can we could probably go on about how great that game is. Yeah,
0: I just I just wanted to talk about the there's this one Alcor that um wants to be a, what like a Shakespeare? Oh,
1: the, the, yeah, <laughs> the actor.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but he, he can't say emotion. <laughs> but he's so into it.
1: But but it's funny because oh man, it's like a it's like an advertisement that you can walk past, and then it'll the advertisement will be like, come see the, the latest <laughs> yeah. uh El- an all l Core cast rendition of Hamlet or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and then you know uh Blasto. Blasto um Blasto the Hanar Spectre and his sidekick. Oh
0: goodness, yeah.
1: What's what's his sidekick name? Uh, oh man. I, f- I forgot his name. Uh oh. I think it starts with a B. In any case. Oh yeah, that that that's all really funny. <laughs> There, there's there's a lot of little little things about the game that I think just help to bring that whole universe to life.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um yeah, in terms of uh the third game and how it uh brings everything together, which is what makes the game great. It, yeah. It also like the way the game <laughs> the way the game develops, like the first game to second game to third game with like the graphics upgrade, the gameplay upgrade, the the story upgrade, just kind of everything upgrading. Yeah, it almost because it's your character throughout the three games. The way the game takes it, because I love the game so much. The game took forever <laughs> to for the next one to come out, and it's like, oh, these two yeah. two or three years it's like taking forever. But when you play it, you feel like um, like your character almost like never left. Because he kind of yeah, aged with the game. Yeah. And he kind of like developed, uh, like there was time that passed in between the game and you just kind of felt like, oh, I just lived that time. I just wasn't playing the game. And then, <laughs> like, and then you're just coming back to it. And they did a really good job of just immersing you right back into it and saying like, you know, welcome back. And it's really, really cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think both the second game and the third game had, had some pretty intense um, intro scenes yeah oh yeah especially that second game you know it's like oh you know it's it's like we're continuing where we left off from the first game but whoop whoop well there's there's that yeah yeah <laughs> a bit of a shock right off the start and then it's like the title comes in mass effect 2 it's like what just happened <laughs> <laughs>
0: wait a second i know
1: <laughs> but but and, and the in the third game too i think you know the game kind of starts right off the bat with you know reapers they're finally here yeah and, yeah oh, yeah it's and oh i guess um i i think before we wrap up i i also have to mention the the multiplayer aspect of the third game oh yeah oh definitely um, yeah because so i i think a lot of people they didn't really know what to expect from the multiplayer and mm-hmm. because that that wasn't the main draw for mass effect you know they they wanted their conclusion um for their trilogy but they had this um you know extra bit to the third game um a multiplayer mode, which was you know wave based with uh incremental objectives that you need to do as a group of four yeah cool. um yeah and that was a surprising success it it was it was great at least um for me in my opinion and mm. uh, so I played a lot of uh the multiplayer with austin and um and sometimes with Eric as well, but um, when that came out and how that sort of integrated with the progression of your main story and stuff, I thought was just so great and so fun. Um, yeah, yeah. It because it's just... like you know when you're when you're not playing the single player, it's like you know because you you really are just one character and one ship in this vast universe. Right. You know? There's gotta be so many other things going on in the background, and. <laughs> part of that gets filled with the multiplayer, you know, while it's a big war and you're just this one guy in the single player, but yeah, with the multiplayer, you take on the roles of various different races, um, you know, fighting for the, you know, for the galaxy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did, did you play much multiplayer, Chris? I
0: played, I played it for like the first like six months, probably.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I still play it. Um, on and off because I'm trying to complete my <laughs> manifest. <laughs> Those darn ultra rare weapons. <laughs> it's so hard to get them all the way up to level tens.
0: I was I was actually just about to ask you like what what brings you back to the multiplayer? Because it's mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, it's a ton of fun, and you can try all these different classes, all these mm-hmm. weapon styles. But at the end of the day, uh, killing uh, like NPCs or like you yeah. know. PVE stuff is not as satisfying as killing noobs.
1: Uh, <laughs> well, so I think I think that comes down to a bit of preference. Um, I don't think I've played. Well, okay, that's not true. I've played a lot of PvP games, most notably Left for Dead. <laughs> but but uh, besides Left for Dead, oh shoot! Now I'm remembering all the other games I played where I fought against people. Okay, regardless, mm-hmm. I think. <laughs> That the draw with it was, it's a way for you to, you know, re-sort of get back into that Mass Effect universe mm. uh, without having to invest the time in um, going through the campaign again. Um, at least for me, it's you know, I I actually turn off the sounds for the game, the music for the game, and I I have like the soundtrack playing in the background. Oh, interesting. With, you know, with what I like, with what I feel are some of the best tracks. Yeah, the, the soundtrack for the, the games are great, mm. pretty great, too. Mm-hmm. Um, that and I guess the, a big thing was also because they, you know, continue to add content for the multiplayer. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Along with, you know, the DLCs or whatever. Um, they had, you know, new characters, new weapons. And I think the biggest thing was adding a platinum mode so they initially only had the bronze, silver, gold difficulties, and at the time when it first came out, gold was really hard. Yeah. Eventually, people figured out how to play gold, um, and then platinum came out. And uh, I I still remember when platinum first came out. One of the only strategies that the initial round of people could think of was you would play this one map called White, mm-hmm. Firebase White, and you would go to this one corner <laughs> where you can crouch behind this you know this like cover thing and you have enemies coming down from the hallway in front of you, and you have enemies coming in from uh, from the outside on your right, and then when they come in, you can just kind of grab them and do a one-hit kill melee across this cover, <laughs> and then you would just keep you know, shooting at the enemy's way down the hall, and that was really the you know, most effective way people were playing Platinum at the time. And then um, I, I actually um, got off of playing Platinum the multiplayer for a really long stretch of time and they got back into it and I realized it was just a completely new game mm. uh, as people figured out how to play all of these different uh, races and classes and um, characters. And Platinum was just, you know, it was viable now in a, in a whole new different way and it just brought uh, a lot more challenge and difficulty mm-hmm. uh, along with, you know, the satisfying reward of getting a lot more uh, credits you right. know, for, which you can try to, you know, buy those weapon packs and <laughs> unlock the ultra rare weapons that I sorely need.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know that I know that the completionist in you is bringing you back. <laughs>
1: yeah, I I I guess it's you know that 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 does you know honestly that does have a bit to it. A bit of it, to it too, but...
0: We love it. We love it. <laughs> so awesome. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. I
1: should I haven't played that. I don't play it too much now. Though, but mm. Every now and then, I'll still go back and um, you know it does. It does. You know, I could definitely see faults in the multiplayer as well. You know, um, especially since I, I I play a lot of Battlefield and stuff right now. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, no. At the time, and I think even still, you know, it was very fun. It was a. It was a very surprisingly entertaining addition to the to the third game.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is really fun, and there's a lot of different ways to play it, which makes it. Um exciting so yeah yeah um okay last question for the mass effect universe did you read the books
1: no i haven't but i i remember you you were talking with uh i think kevin and anthony yep yep in a previous episode and um you were you were recommending the books and i was like ah man do i have to buy the books now but ah, i've i've just finished it and i've you know finally got off that high <laughs> like, Mass um but yeah, I guess I should I should go and you said it's like a prequel story, right? Yeah, it's about Captain Anderson. Okay, so like when when he was kind of uh, like shepherd's uh, age or whatever, right? Right. Yeah, and uh, being considered to be a specter and stuff like that. Yeah, For being a specter.
0: Yep, okay. yep. And then uh it's pretty neat because you uh, you get to know a lot more about like Kali Sanders and right. And like all yeah. these random characters that kind of come in, and you're like, "Whoa!" Like I know them. <laughs> yeah. No, that's
1: okay. Okay, I'm, I'm sorry. I had to stop myself there. I was about to criticize it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Mass Effect, Mass Effect's the series as a whole and the third game. There's just so much to, so much great things about it. But at the same time, there's definitely a lot of things to, you know, kind of pick at.
0: Yeah. Um, well, okay. I'm like curious now. That you brought it up. So what? What was the, the criticism?
1: Just... Oh, I. <sighs> so, <laughs> I think I. You know, I. I obviously have no idea what was going on in their studio or with with their relationship with the publishers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But that whole DLC stuff was just so bad. <laughs> like, so i okay. I've, I've actually played every single DLC now across. Oh, wow. Uh, all three games, actually, um, yeah, except for Pinnacle Station for the first game. Mm-hmm. But then in the third game, since we're talking about the third game, yep. um, f- the From Ashes DLC, which which was released on day one, by the way, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, as along with um, Leviathan, I think, should have been, or I I, I think it's a necessary part. In terms of understanding the story, because mm, mm. they, they bring just they bring a lot more insight into um, sort of the history and the the reason why. At least from Ashes does, because it you know it it brings in one whole new character, and it you know if you take that character along to certain places, you you know get a different perspective on things. Mm. Where I I feel like if you didn't have uh, that character, it you would have just be missing so much. Mm. Um, and and the Leviathan DLC, um, I can see why how they might have reasoned that it's okay to leave that out. But I mean, come on! That I feel like that was a critical piece of lore um, <laughs> in understanding or in in trying to make sense of what was happening at the ending.
0: Mm. Yeah, and this is definitely yeah. stuff that um, we'll get into when we talk about the uh, the ending from Mass Effect Three. So
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, I got it. I mean, especially if you have Austin and, and myself there. Which we would. Know, pre- <laughs> pre- prepare for another long episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brace yourself, guys. We're going uh, in. <laughs> we're, we're, we will definitely be going in there. Um, but yeah. we'll, we'll definitely set that aside. Um, Mass Effect 3, my number one, um, mainly due to the fact that just the... the it, immersive, great world that they've built with yeah. so many uh, wonderfully thought-out races and characters. Um, and, you know, there's the idea of bringing along this character you create from Game 1 to Game 2 and, you know, to the conclusion in Game 3. I thought that was just great. And, you know, overall, it was a very in- entertaining experience, and that that was why um, I had to pick that for my number one.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I would even go as far as saying it's, like, a
1: irreplaceable,
0: like almost a must play experience so i
1: yeah yeah <laughs> yeah right <laughs> i'm always torn because you know i feel like i have to like i feel like i'm um sort of tricking them if i don't kind of like help set help them prepare for you know how they might feel for the ending you know <laughs>
0: well I,
1: I don't know <laughs> I, I think it depends on the Depends on the person. I yeah, mean. definitely. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. All it'll right, it'll be great. Sorry, it, it, I just have to say it'll be great that the the next one coming out in that universe will be completely uh, apart in terms of the story. So oh man, yeah, I a fresh new start. <laughs>
0: that I mean, they showed us like a minute of just some nonsense from that game, but I'm already excited. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. let's go.
1: It's the world, man. We we just want you know more stories from that universe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if uh, we'll see. how much of the universe can carry over. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. We'll see. It's crazy, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Um. So those are some pretty awesome top threes, Mister um, Blank, or, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we have Transistor, Final Fancy Nine, and uh, Mass Effect series but more specifically mass effect 3
1: that's correct mr Incronaut. <laughs>
0: yeah and so um thank you so much for uh coming on to this show ah uh, thank you for having me again yeah the, it was uh it was awesome and uh <laughs> we will have a mass effect episode coming soon so yeah we'll, we'll hear from you soon
1: yeah thanks all right Be sure to catch that episode.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and uh, so this is episode 13 of NPC Talk. Uh, My name is Incronaut here with Blank, and and, uh, for now, we are out. Have a good night, guys. Have a good night.